0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Oz Network for another episode of recap of Drag Race RuPaul's Drag Race specific. <laughs> and we have a doozy of an episode because first time this season, no one has gone home. So it's definitely been a first of the season, and a lot of interesting challenges. A lot of more pick crew this this episode. <laughs> I'll be interested to see if we are able to name all of them. <laughs> uh, but as always, I'm Rossi, and this podcast is also like Christmas, a bar mitzvah, a quinceañera, a sweet 16, and your birthday all rolled into one.
0: And just like gay people and drag queens, I too just want to eat fried chicken.
1: Was that a quote? A <laughs>
0: yeah, it was a quote.
1: I miss that. Um, <laughs> and <I'm-> <laughs>
0: It was was the terrible uh, Cameron Michaels has her her realization during Breastwells that we're all the same.
1: Love is love is love is love is love.
0: Yeah. Uh (laughs) Definitely a few things to say about that challenge when we get to it.
1: What did you think of the episode? Because I wasn't high on it.
0: I wasn't high on it. Uh, It's... For me, it's always a matter of who, how many people do well compared to how many people don't do well. And this, I felt, was like a similar divide to when we did Snatch Game, where half the cast nailed it, half the cast really underperformed. And so it just leaves the whole thing,
1: uh,
0: you know, leaving a bit of a bitter taste. So, yeah, it was, I mean, I didn't love the script. I don't think either of that maxi-challenge.
1: Are you familiar with the parody show Westworld?
0: Well, I've, no, I've never seen Westworld. I do know the concept of it, though. Yeah, yeah, I've never actually watched it.
1: So we're also we're both in the dark this episode. Mm. Maybe we can pull up some Westworld trivia from Wikipedia.
0: Yeah, and I feel like the like the parody is not so much. Uh, I don't know. Like it's kind of they've used that. Premise, or like, really, I think they just stuffed the pun, breast world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they love their puns. At least RuPaul uh, yeah. loves yeah. puns. Yeah, so I was down on the episode, but we'll obviously get to the challenge because I think that's the big uh, eyesore of the episode. So just kind of recapping: Vixen's gone, and we still have no Brian. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's quite ironic, isn't it, that we we lose Vixen and we lose Brian. At once.
1: Yeah. Dun dun dun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he was secretly the Vixen's biggest fan
1: all this time. Oh, maybe. We'll see. We'll see what happens when he comes back, if he comes back. But she also leaves a very odd message, which no one knows what knows what it meant. And I still think we have no resolution on what she was trying to say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I liked Monet's interpretation of what she expected. The message to be about, which is basically, Eureka's a bitch.
1: <laughs> the Not yeah. hidden at all. <laughs> yeah. Was I feel like the message really wasn't that pointed toward Eureka in the moment. Because I was like, is Eureka the good one who does nothing? I don't know. I didn't quite understand what it was yeah. kind of pointed towards.
0: Yeah. I have no idea. To be honest, I was like, all right, we get it. this. Gone. Move on. Move on.
1: And Aquaria doesn't feel like she was in the bottom three. What What is your opinion on the matter?
0: <laughs> I loved it. I love Aquaria saying, like, I don't think I was in the bottom. And then Manasia's like, girl, you were stood on stage with the bottom three. That means you were in the bottom.
1: Aquaria's like, I don't think it was called in any particular order.
0: Yeah, it definitely was. And I would have classed her as bottom three for last week's performances. <laughs>
1: But maybe it was a, a drag race first where this was the episode they didn't do it in order. Possibly. <laughs> Query is a little bit off in the fairyland here this episode in terms of everything that she does apart from her pretty decent challenge performance. So, I'm not too yeah. surprised.
0: Yeah. I feel like she's in this confusing space where so many people are giving her different advice and she's trying to figure out how to acknowledge all of it and balance it, you know, it's kind of like she knows that she should have the attitude that she's in this to win, so naturally she should want everyone else to go home so that she can take the crown, but then the way that she delivers that puts people sort of on the back foot, and then so she tries to take their advice of like not being so isolating or maybe like seeming like you're talking down about others. So then she flips completely the other way to say like, all right, well, I'll just be super nice. And, you know, like even though she gets the advantage uh, from the mini challenge, she gives the power to everyone else to choose their roles. And it's just sort of flipping back and forth, trying to find this middle ground of like, how does she be nice as well as competitive?
1: Yeah, I'll definitely have a lot more to say about when we get to the challenge itself, about how Aquaria handled the whole situation, kind of almost doing a Morgan McMichaels of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But first, we obviously, you know, the new day starts, and we talk about Aquaria's relationship to the Michigan J-Frog. Are you familiar with Michigan (laughs) J-Frog? Yes. Okay, so you Um, were not Aquaria.
0: No. It's a great skit.
1: I love that. That... That's such a classic, and I love I love that Aquarius is like, I don't know what that is. And it's yeah. just like, oh, you're 21, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: Hello, my baby. Hello, my
1: darling. Oh, stop. It's too good. <laughs> and RuPaul does not deliver this week's... Um, <laughs> uh, she already done had herses. And we get Stephen Colbert, which feels more <laughs> out of place than Alex Trebek this, this season.
0: I know, it's so weird. What's he doing there? Like, he's just there to deliver that line, and then that's that's it.
1: I don't quite... What is with the, like, random guests coming in for no purpose? Like, what is this point?
0: Rumors just have a lineup of people wanting to get on the show, and so they're just like, all right, how can I squeeze you in? I guess I can get you to cameo this one line.
1: Uh, Stephen Colbert should have been one of the pit crew guys. In the mini-challenge.
0: <laughs> that would be good. That would be a fun cameo for people.
1: Yeah, or Alex Trebek come in doing that.
0: The classic game of Pants Down, Bottom stuff.
1: Yeah, have you played this before, or is it just just oh, me?
0: Of course. Of course, all the time. It's <laughs> uh, the regular weekend activity.
1: Oh, okay. Is that why you were so busy this weekend? <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> it's a long game of Pants Down, Bottom stuff.
1: Never ending. Uh, oh, How... Hey.
0: What did you think of the underwear that they were wearing?
1: Unflattering?
0: Yeah. I, do. yeah, I, was like, I don't know if it really was selling it.
1: Yeah. And when they're like, we're going to throw the same kind of underwear on 20 different builds and see if it works.
0: Yeah. And so. when you've got very fit men, the underwear does not look flattering on them.
1: Ugh. Yeah. If it can't look good on hot people, how's it going to look on ugly people?
0: <laughs> yeah. Or well, maybe that's the problem. Maybe maybe they're designed for those not so fit.
1: Yeah, whatever the name. I don't even know what the name brand is. Made for the ugly. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Or the unfit.
0: That's what they call it on the street. <laughs>
1: um, this probably is up there with ridiculous challenges. I'd say still the fax machine sitting <laughs> challenge takes the cake. But this yeah, is pretty was- crazy
0: definitely wins. This is the challenge where I just hope my family does not walk into the room while this is on my TV. You
1: know it's not family entertainment?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't need any more. How would you explain it? How
1: would you explain that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It's just a mini challenge, you guys.
1: And then when RuPaul's like, you know, you've been standing for too long in one spot, so we're going to do something different. (laughs) She's like, dance break to peanut butter. I was like, what (laughs) am I watching? (laughs) It made no, I was like, whatever. You know, it was just like, I thought of, um, the lip sync between Raja and Carmen Carrera where that was just like soft porn. I was like, that's pretty much this in a mini challenge form. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it does happen sometimes on RuPaul's Drag Race.
1: No, I mean, that was probably the one time they wore the most clothes ever, so commendable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they actually yes. had pants. But yeah, it was. A, I mean, it was a fun challenge. Like, it's ridiculous it was, stuff that we watch this show for.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it was fun. There was some you know, good moments in it. Uh, I thought it was hilarious that Eureka was terrible <laughs> at oh, matching them when she literally just called out in the previous attempts than what she will then match with on the next call. And she's already forgotten what number it was.
1: I think the thing I love most about the mini challenges is the fact that there gives so many funny lines. Like when RuPaul yeah. was like to Aquaria, you're a bossy bottom, aren't you? Yeah. And like Asia just staring and then not realizing to do the challenge <laughs> and just like fun yeah. moments like that. Of what make the mini challenge so great.
0: And I think, once again, like, watching their performances in the, well, their performance, <laughs> in quotation marks, during the mini-challenge, like, you pretty much know by the end of it that Aquaria is going to win it. Yeah,
1: not as predictable as the last mini-challenge result, but Yeah. was pretty close. Well, because what, Aquaria got actually... the first match right away?
0: Yeah, I guess so. And she actually gets an advantage this time, which the last few haven't.
1: Yes, which is the advantage that Morgan McMichaels got last season of assigning the roles for the acting challenge. And Aquarius is the very polite thing of saying, what do you guys want, and I'll give it to you. Yeah. So she signs all the roles, but only based on the little bio that is given at the very beginning, like, so-and-so is uh, this character and is a robot and does this. Mm. And like,
0: Which I guess, like, none of them sort of read ahead or seem to say that they should read through it first. Everyone just kind of, you know, went along with that of like, okay, cool, I get to pick my character uh, based on the bio, this is what I choose. And then everyone seems to have some regrets around their choices.
1: Yeah, was, everyone was like, oh, we screwed ourselves with this. And then it's just like... I mean, I guess you can't go back and fix it after everyone's read the script and it's like, well, that's not a good role. I don't want that. I don't want to redo it because I don't want their role. And then Aquaria gets the thing. Like, she said, oh, I screwed myself with this. And I was like, oh, bye, 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 Morgan. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aquaria, I think, well, how would you handle this situation? If you have that advantage, how do you play it?
1: You've got to do... Okay, you gotta play it between... You have to do the middle ground between Aquaria and Vixen. Whereas Vixen's not going to listen to anyone's advice, any input, and just do whatever. And is going to listen to everyone and do whatever. You, I feel like you have to assign your role first, and yeah. then say, okay, what are we going to do now? Yeah, I But agree. read I the think- script. Like, you can't just be like, oh... You know, Susie is bossy, and I'm bossy, so I'm going to do that. And then Susie has, like, three words in the script, and you're like, "Oh, maybe I shouldn't pick the words that are, like, this small, like, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would say, like, give everyone, you know, five minutes to, like, skim-read the script to get an idea of who the characters are. And then, like, I'd be conscious of people like Cameron Michaels who aren't the ones to, uh you know, be upfront with who they want to play. Like, Cameron really sits back and waits for everybody else to pick so she gets whatever's left. So, like, I wouldn't want to be hindering the quiet person in the group either. But, yeah, I think if you've got the advantage, you take it and you say, like, I'm going to, like, state my pick first, and then y'all can say, you know, like, what are your top two? And then from that, we can decide who gets what.
1: I feel like you could also have like a strategy of like, oh, so-and-so is not a comedy person. So maybe I give them this comedy role so that maybe they'll be in the bottom or, you know, they won't be better than me. They won't outshine me or something like that as like a backup or something, just in case you don't do well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there definitely is that. I mean, of course, it's different when you're actually there competing. You probably are thinking more like that of you want to win, so you need to send people home. Uh, from an audience point of view, I want everyone to do well. I want it to be an entertaining uh you know, piece of comedy through and through with every character. So I want everyone to have their best role.
1: Yeah, I mean I guess I don't want awkwardness in watching this skit and this scene go down. I mean this was, I mean it was an awful like I was so over this. I was like, Can this be over when I was watching the actual, you know, performance um on the runway? I was like, Oh please end this. So in that sense, I was like, yeah, maybe they should be the best roles, but in terms of competition you're like, oh, maybe, you know, Cameron should have this comedy role, and Monet should have this really serious role, or something like that.
0: Yeah, I think the performance, it's contagious though, so if everyone around you is messing up, uh, like, that awkwardness on stage can hinder your own performance too, and like, I would want to be giving my best, so if other people doing their best makes me do my best, then I, that's the preferred option.
1: But then I think to things like, um, you know, season four Snatch Game, yeah. where that was a train wreck. But then people like uh, Sharon Needles still dominated, like, did not get affected at all by the, you know, the mishaps that were happening. Yeah. And totally. so I feel like that's the mindset you'd go into. I don't know. Maybe that's just me.
0: Yeah. And I would say that. Manet um, during this challenge during their rehearsal was the one who kept in character, no matter what was going on around her. And for Asia, she kind of had the advantage of coming in late. So she got to skip all the awkwardness on stage and come in fresh. So she hasn't had to stand there awkwardly while people are messing up their lines.
1: I feel what's the role you'd gravitate toward in this? Cause I feel like you'd want to take pa- Paris. I think was the name of the character. Yeah, is that the role you yeah. want?
0: She's definitely the one that is written to come in and steal the show at the end, so that's memorable. Uh, I think I don't know. Like, I think Cameron's character is, is the one I don't want. Who's meant to be like the the lead character? Like, it's all about their journey, um, but they can tend to be a bit of a flat character, or they're meant to be like sort of. Multi-layered and a bit more serious, rather than the quirky, fun ones that are just have the one-liners. Do you? So want... I'd, I'd be going. Uh. I'd be going for a smaller role like Aquaria, Eureka, like the robots. They're the fun ones.
1: Yeah, because I'm thing. Do you want a role that's funny, got a lot of lines, or like something that's more quiet where you have to sell the sm- few lines that you do have?
0: Yeah, it depends on who you are too. Like Eureka probably would have been great in Cracker's role. As the cruise director, because she can be that, you know, presenter personality, and you know, she'd probably be able to remember like a bunch of lines, and it's not necessarily, uh, I don't know, like she can be herself in that role. It's like I felt Eureka trying to do the robot was awkward, and maybe you know, Cameron would have been better off having that kind of tone of character. You know, she can have her muscles out and be a bit stiff and robotic. And it would have sold that. And then Crack is probably better at having a like multi-layered character like Muffy. So swap those three around and everything would have been better.
1: Yeah, cause I always think back to well, Season 9 and you know, that 90210 challenge where Shay st- stole the scene as this really iconic character of the old woman. And all the people that got these big roles were suffering because they were, you know, bogged down by all the lines, and they couldn't deliver, you know, fun performances. So I, I feel yeah. like, you know, those characters, like you know, Paris Salen and um, the the one that I just referenced that Shay had, you know, those are the the ones that can really steal the se- the spotlight because they're so iconic. And I feel like you'd want to gravitate toward those kinds of roles
0: what well, that's more of a cameo you you come in you deliver you drop the mic and you're out
1: yeah you don't contribute a lot you don't get bogged down with yeah. being the center of attention the whole time yeah especially when there's less people you want to be on point at the whole time you don't want to have any weaknesses so i feel like you know somewhat maybe cameron would have been better if muffy was even less of a role you know yeah totally it the may have seemed even better because there's less to know less to do less time on stage
0: stays in character the whole time and aquaria did as well like sort of noticed her in the background she was still sort of pulling her robot faces and reacting to everything that was being said so she was always in the character that she was meant to be portraying so the two of them did very well aquaria you can definitely say you weren't in the bottom three (laughs) next week
1: yeah she was in the top three this week
0: not that it was given in any particular order.
1: Can Miss um, Cracker come in next week and say that? Yes. <laughs> she be like, I don't think I was in the bottom three this week.
0: I think Miss Cracker was lucky to not have to lip sync this week. How so? Like, were you expecting someone to go home this episode? Or was it a shock to you that we ended up having a non-elimination?
1: Um... Uh, both. Bad answer, but both.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, for me, this didn't surprise me. I felt like, across the board, everyone had some positives to their critiques, and negatives. Every person got, like, a mixed bag in their critiques. And this top six is a strong six, so... I think you'd rather keep this six for another week rather than twists we've seen in other seasons where we bring someone back that's already been eliminated. Mm -hmm. I think if we're going to do a non-elimination or bring someone back, this was the time to do it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, For the challenge itself, A, I thought that it was so weird that we were... I didn't didn't know what to take because I know Westworld is this Western thing and... I was so confused when they came in and it was all beachy and Palm Springs. Like, it was all... I did yeah. not expect the set to look the way it did. Yeah. Like, I was very disoriented thinking, oh, a Westworld parody. And then it's like, what? I mean, at least yeah. they got pull yeah. used out of the pit crew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And also, like, they're calling the show Breast World, but I also didn't get that. I was like, is it really... A breast world, like we just have a bunch of
1: shirtless men. It's like a cock vest.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a breast world at all. It's it's a complete absence of breasts.
1: There was Michelle was the only woman on set. (laughs) Yeah, so I was like, I mean,
0: I guess that's all you need for a breast world.
1: (laughs) Very true. Um, and in terms of the performances, I thought everyone. You know, you say everyone was fine, like everyone kind of had mixed bag critiques, but I was like, this is—I felt like everyone was underselling. I feel like yeah. I didn't get that star that we want.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think like the performance was was generally, uh, yeah, underperformed. Um, like the mixed critiques, it's like a mix between their runway and the performance. Everyone sort of had, like, oh, your performance was good, runway not so good, or the other way around. They liked the runway, but performance was lacking. So I feel like no one, like, was outstanding in both.
1: Well, then, well, um, and I also thought the entire performance was so awkward that, like, every three seconds, Michelle was like, cut. Yeah. Like, the first line that Miss Cracker had, and Michelle was like, cut. It was just like, yeah. oh, I was like, that's not a good start. If we already have a cut, like... Uh less than six lines into this performance. And, yeah. does, and does it bother you that people just don't automatically do what they say?
0: Oh, yeah. When, when they, they give them, like, pretty, give...
1: They <laughs> yeah.
0: Because you know that they're not going to budge. Like, they're going to say, like, no, do it the way that I said. And, you know, Aquaria does the right thing here. Like, she says, like, oh, this is what I was thinking with the ochre. And they were like, okay, cool. Now <laughs> do it our way. <laughs> And she does it that way, and then it's like, cool, that was better. Keep it like that. And she does.
1: And the, uh, just, like, Eureka's whole, like, thing with the gun was just so bad.
0: It was so bad. And the Ivy Winters was awkward. Like, I was like, I don't think she knows how to say it.
1: <laughs> and the, She
0: thinks she's saying it right, but she isn't.
1: Eureka does it, and then Michelle's like, no, no, the way it's supposed to be done. <laughs> yeah. Just like, ooh. I mean I thought it was better in the performance that we got like than what we saw in this practicing yeah but like I still
0: was, I was hoping for uh you know when we see the rehearsal and everyone's a mess and then you see the edited uh, uh, piece of film and it's actually quite good i was I was waiting for <laughs> oh look they actually managed to pull it off but
1: I'm still waiting at
0: that. Yeah, yeah, even that,
1: I was like, oh, nope. Well, last week was that case where I was like, oh, everyone's really sucking at the pr- practice with Todrick last week. Yeah. And then it turned out to be pretty good. Like, every, at least most of them was decent. And then this time, it was not the case at all.
0: Yeah.
1: And, like, everyone just felt flat. And I just think that the concept and the sk- and the skit and the scenes weren't that interesting either. Like I don't think anything was really funny. Like, was anything funny?
0: No, and I think that was the problem. It's just like, what, what is this? I, the jokes weren't landing for me, even if they were delivered properly by the queen. So I was like, I just don't think the script is great. They're working
1: with. I think Monet was funny with her add-ins, which didn't, which were kind of in my place at opinion at a character. It was just like Monet being funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it, God it needed it. <laughs> I needed someone
1: to. Yeah, Monet saved the skip.
0: Like, lighten the tone. It all just felt a bit serious and weird.
1: Yeah, and it was just it felt very cheesy, too, because, like, you know, that whole thing of the. Br- Bryce? Is that his name? Yeah. He was like, he got back up, and Ms. Cracker's like, the hairdryer is set to. And then looks at the camera and says, stunning! And it's just like, oh, cheese. Yeah. I just. It didn't pick yeah. a lay-in state in it. It just, it tried too many things.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes those cheesy lines can be, can be good. Like, they're bad, but they're good. But I think because the whole thing was just kind of awkward and disjointed, it makes cheesy lines like that painful.
1: I mean, I would be interested to know if there is this storyline about someone bringing someone to Westworld and, like, there being this, like, storyline of them not being comfortable with being there or something like that, or some subplot or something. To see if there is some roots about why they approached it this way. Yeah, Uh, to be
0: honest, I've got no idea. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm throwing it out in the universe. Maybe I'll look it up later. But it would be interesting to know if that was the reason that they went in this weird direction that they took for the challenge. And what were your thoughts on um, the runway theme this week? Uh,
0: This was the best part of the episode for me. (laughs) Like, this this is a funny runway to do. Um, dressing up as an old queen or like how you see yourself 50 years from now I love that as a concept Uh, I thought it was like we saw a lot of fun looks from people in this and considering that I like it, did you hate it
1: (laughs) well now that you mention it no um I actually did like this one I thought it was an interesting idea the entire time I was watching it I was like how would I spin it? How I really want someone to do, like, a Fox-based thing. Like, because mm-hmm. the runway was silver Foxy. Yeah. And I was just wanting someone to... I was like, how can you spin it so that you can do a Fox-related runway? And I'm yeah. still trying to figure out how you could do it in such a good way. Mm-hmm. And I'm still hoping that someone was thinking that when they were doing the... Like, all the eliminated people who didn't get to do the runway.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or they could have still done the, like, like me in 50 years, but perhaps wearing, like a, uh, like, a stuffed, no, what do you call it, like a, a fox fur, I don't know, like, over-the-shoulder thing, or, like, okay. as a hat, as a bag.
1: Oh, no, I just, I, that was what I, my thought, and I, I wished it was somewhat realized, maybe not. Maybe it wasn't worth it.
0: Yeah, I feel like Asia would be the one to take it to that uh, alternative place based on some of her previous looks.
1: Were you oppressed in what we got from them? Or? Yeah,
0: so, like, a mix. I was confused, like, with some of the judges' critiques with it, where they weren't too impressed with, uh, like, Monet and Asia, the ones who went for the comedy side 50 years from now, and they wanted to see more glamour. But... I thought it was great that, like, the gags that they had, Monet with her, like, taking her drips down the runway. She had her droopy titties. Like, that was funny. And Asia as well, I think, looks like a bit of a mess, Um, like, wearing the the socks with the sandals. Um, But she had, like, both of them had their stories to go with it. Um, Like, Aquaria and Cracker, who were more of, like, a glam silver fox, to me, was a bit boring. And Eureka as well, I thought was, yeah, maybe a bit plain.
1: (laughs) I definitely, I loved Monet, so we definitely 100% agree on that. I thought that was genius, like, I thought it was funny, I thought it was perfect. I didn't love Asia's, I don't know, it just felt really weird. Like, first off, she comes out looking like the flag of Jamaica, and then I was just (laughs) like, what is I don't know. It just looked weird. She had like a bowl of chips and she had sandals on. It was just like, what? I don't know. It, it felt all over the place. And it didn't feel like yeah. she aged that much. Like she looked older, but she yeah. didn't look like she was age. would be almost 90 if this was based on 50 years from then. And that didn't yeah. look like a 90 year old woman.
0: It was like when she explained what she was going for, like that added to it I felt, when she was saying like this'll be me in the parking lot of dragcon trying to get people to buy my fanny pack. Like I was like, that's funny. And picturing her dressed like that doing that, that was funny. But yeah, hers felt a bit of like, yeah, hers was not glamorous. (laughs) So I think I think maybe having the showgirl outfit in contrast to everything else was the bit that I was like, I don't really know what's going on here. Um, whereas Monet's with, went all the way with uh, like, all the way with the gag.
1: So was this Monet's best way. runway? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think.
0: <laughs> Potentially.
1: Yeah, yeah prob- <laughs> probably. At least, a much bigger step up from last week, so.
0: Like, Monet could have been the winner here. Why do you think that Asia takes out the win over Monet for this Week with the uh,
1: performance and the runway, um, well, I don't know. I don't really get. I I mean, I disagree with the judging too, but not in favor of Monet because I think Aquarius should have won the challenge. Um, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I really. I think. I feel like it's one of those things where you know they take the judges' feedback about how the day went, like where Michelle yeah. was like, we really had to talk to Cameron a lot. And even though the performance may not have been as bad as same as crackers, but we really needed to help Cameron, may have gone in their favor. So I feel like Asia not getting many notes from the like Michelle and Ross would have been a yeah a positive in her favor.
0: Yeah, and I think like yeah, Monet's character was good, but Asia's character stood out more. Like that's the one when you're watching the whole performance, you're like, okay, she's the standout.
1: And even though what asia Monet's character's name was like
0: yeah yeah i have no idea
1: like you're not gonna forget para Yeah. which i just love <laughs> that's such a great name and then when rue was like you're the winner like says your performance was hucking hilarious," and i was just like
0: yes
1: that's yes. so perfect it was just a I mean, I've... perfect pun
0: I thought for a long time, like, Asia is who Rue wants to win. I feel like that is playing in Asia's favor a lot of the time. Just a lot of the comments Rue makes, like, she loves Asia.
1: Yeah, I can see, you know, saving Asia uh, on that ball challenge after having a rough week. And then that weird moment where Ru was like, good job this week, Asia. You're safe.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And then not being in the bottom three for Beyonce, which was awful. Yeah. When that should have been in the bottom two, you know?
0: Mm hmm.
1: And then this and week.
0: considering she had to lip sync last week, it's almost like, you know, Asia needs to win this one as, you know, to redeem us. <laughs> Justify her.
1: her crowning her.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, totally. And you've already got Eureka with two, Aquaria with two, so Asia needs to get two as well. I mean, Asia is good. I don't mean to be, like, <laughs> underselling Asia here, but I do feel well, like. speak high of your winner. Well, yeah, yeah, this is it. I I, am RuPaul, and I picked Asia at the beginning.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. Asia
0: also had all the confessionals. Well, a lot from Monet as well, but like Asia was giving us the story on everyone this week.
1: And we got Cameron. Cameron said things.
0: Cameron did say a couple of things, which is a lot for Cameron. Miss um, Cracker was very quiet in the confessional space. Uh, which if you're sort of looking at the edit in that way and seeing that Cracker was potentially going to be in the bottom two, the fact we didn't see much Cracker through the episode may hint that she wasn't going to land in the bottom
1: two. What's the uh, Drag Race edgic of it all?
0: Yeah, yeah. I can tell you that the Vixen was getting over the top negative (laughs) for a lot of
1: episodes. (laughs) I'd be interested to see these uh, charts, how they would stack up for Drag Race
0: gets invisible, invisible, under the radar.
1: And then what was it um, what's the one where it's just yeah, O O T T here almost for the share performance?
0: Yeah, I think Eureka gets a lot of complex personality. We see a lot of light and shade from Eureka, most episodes.
1: We see a lot of Eureka.
0: <laughs> Me too. Oh my god, like in um, Untucked, when uh, like Asia goes to Eureka and she's like it's so, like, oh, I'm going to hug your neck. And someone's like, she ain't got no neck. <laughs> and then Asasia's hugging her. And she's like, oh my god, my hands can get all the way
1: around. <laughs> Just,
0: clearly, clearly it's established that like it is fine to talk about Eureka's weight. <laughs> Everyone's allowed to make those jokes.
1: Well, she did say in the reading challenge, I look forward to all your reads about me being fat.
0: Yeah, exactly. She welcomes it. She embraces it.
1: But for um, jumping back to the runway where we yeah. got lost in the drag race etching of it all, uh, what the hell was Aquaria doing?
0: Oh, like what was her look? What was
1: that? Like,
0: I you I loved it. I, let me guess, you loved it. I quite, <laughs> I did like it. Uh, um, I, I didn't love it. but when I saw her, I was like, okay, she looks like someone who is ageless. Like, so this is a character that you see, um, you know, who's like a, you know, like a witch and she's 200 years old, but you know, she doesn't look a day of 49. Like, that's what it looks like for me.
1: I, it looks, she looked like 40 max. <laughs>
0: yeah. But ageless gypsy.
1: I, it, I, it was, I, I loved when Ross was talking about it in the judging, it was like, Aquaria is the winner. Of a completely different runway, because <laughs> <laughs> that's how it felt.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Rue was funny saying like, "Well, Aquarius is twenty-one, so in her mind, this is what she thinks she will look like in fifty years." She doesn't know.
1: I mean, this was Aquaria's worst runway, right? I I still think she looked
0: nice. Like, maybe it missed the mark on the concept of the runway a little bit, but I I, I wouldn't say it was bad. Like, I'll, I liked her as much I liked Crackers.
1: Like, I don't think it was ugly, like, like, it's no, you know, Monet and the last ball on earth challenge, but, like, not the challenge, not at all related, it seems so disjointed, and, like, Aquaria, who's been the lurk queen this season, to, like, fall so high, like, I say it again, like, when you perform at 120, when we just get, like, 100 or a 90, it's like, oh, like, I want more from Aquaria. This is what I expect Aquaria to excel in and she didn't.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. The standout on the runway for me was as it often is, uh, Cameron. Yes. She, well, even when we saw them in the workroom getting ready for this, when I saw what she was about to put on her face, I was like, oh damn, she has got this. (laughs) Like, that is going to look fantastic and I loved it. Like, the like, the like, she looked 50 years older. Yeah. She nailed that.
1: The only one, I would say, that looked much older.
0: Yep. Hands down. And, like, the outfit was perfect, sort of wearing the leggings um, with the, like, the loose top. <laughs> um, and that's, like, sparkly gold jacket over the top. Like, that is the look.
1: And the piece de resistance, it. the pills.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was I was nervous when she started doing that because I was loving her like sort of slow waddle down the runway. And I was like, she's nailing it, she's nailing it. She went for the pills, started jumping. And I was like, ooh, will the judges dig this? Uh, but they did.
1: It was so fu- it, it was so. so good though.
0: Yeah. So this made me very happy because I loved Cameron. I thought she was terrible in the performance. <laughs> so she needed to redeem herself with the runway.
1: And she acknowledged it too, which was pretty good. She's like, I need to do something, so pull out all the stops.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely, and <laughs> I just love the idea of like seeing how everyone is dressed, knowing that two of them are gonna lip sync in those outfits. I was, I was all for it.
1: <laughs> do you remember the um, scene in All Stars Two when Alyssa's doing the face mask or whatever? I was just getting a lot of flashbacks to that scene in All-Stars 2, when Alyssa, like, puts on this face mask in front of the mirror and then everyone's like, what do you, you look like Hannibal Lecter. And I was just thinking that when it, when Cameron had this mask on. Yeah, right. Yeah. I was just, and then she's, like, blow-drying it on her face to make sure it adheres and everything. And it, it was just perfect. I think Cameron was one of the be- tops of the week. I mean, for the runway, at least.
0: Yeah. And so this is where I just had no idea where it was going to go. I mean, like, assumed Cameron... Eureka Cracker bottom three, so between the three of them. But you know, it almost felt like whoever was the worst in the challenge was the best on the runway, and vice versa. So it's like, oh, where does this go? Except Eureka. (laughs) She was she was bad in both.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So you think? I didn't
0: mind what she was wearing too much. Like it was just a bit plain for me. Like it wasn't great. (sighs) Which I guess when you're down to six people, you need to be great.
1: What was it? Paula Dean dressed as a a witch, <laughs> which is so. Yeah, it was
0: just like the sophisticated older woman, so it wasn't, it wasn't much.
1: Yeah, but it was boring. Yeah. And then Rue was so shady about, to Eureka when they were like, "Why'd you wear that?" And she's like, "I just love to twirl in it." And RuPaul's like, "She said she loves to twirl in it. That's great for you, but what about us?"
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's just like, oh, not holding back now.
0: Yeah, well, true, like to put something on for your runway look just because you weren't sure when you were going to use it. Like, that never seems to go well.
1: No, 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 no. So, so you think that Monet should have won the challenge? Uh,
0: no. <laughs> I, like, I think Asia was the stand from the performance. And I don't think... Like, I did like Monet's runway um a lot, but I didn't think it was, you know... Like, oh, hands down, that has to win. You know, based on Runway alone, I would have picked Cameron Michaels. So, for me, there was no real standout of who should win this. Um, and when they do tell Asia that she is the winner, they say, based on your performance, you're the winner. <laughs> like they, they kind of make a point of saying, like, it's not because of this look that you're giving us right now.
1: So you agree with Asia, then?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't know who else I would
1: give it to. I still think that Aquaria was the best in the challenge. Like, I remember Aquaria a lot. And I think that everything she did was funny. I mean, funny being a relative term for this challenge, because nothing was funny. But, you know, she was funny in her own right, and I think she brought something fun and different. I think it was Aquaria. Like, I was, like, very awkward and very different, very robotic. That's Aquaria.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: Very her. So maybe I think that maybe, but obviously the runway Aquaria was probably the most off mark, so that's probably why that she didn't end up winning the challenge. Yeah. And, and then do you agree with the bottom two being what it was?
0: Yeah, I thought definitely Eureka. Then I wasn't sure with Cameron and Cracker.
1: Do you think I we're, we're know, gonna like, get Cameron? Uh, Cameron, uh, Cracker in the bottom two at any point? Like,
0: well, yeah. I mean, it's only Cracker and Aquaria that haven't lip synched now, right?
1: Yeah, the twins. Ooh.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. When I've I've been anticipating that they would lip sync against each other. I feel like that's generally where these storylines go. That they put them head to head. So that yeah, that could be interesting. We've already done our double save, so we can't do that again. Um, I mean, for Eureka. So yeah, like I think the bottom two. Yep, it's fine. I didn't want either of them to go home. I don't know who I want to go home at this point. And I think it didn't matter which combination of those bottom three you got in the lip sync. They were probably both being saved.
1: Unless the Vixen was still there.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so for Eureka, this is her second time in the bottom two lip syncing. Uh, Cameron's first time, which I feel like, you know, Cameron had a win last week, bottom two this week. So Cameron could easily be the next one to go. I feel like it's easier to send Cameron home when she's gone top to bottom to bottom rather than from the top to bottom. Like, how do you send someone home when they won the previous week? That's hard.
1: Has it happened? I feel like it's happened before.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it has, but, you know, I think, you know, if she's in the bottom two next week, then it's easier to say, like, all right, Cameron, <laughs> you peaked, and now you've dropped.
1: But we're getting these, like, weird things where, like, you know, Monet is continuing to rise and has not been in the bottom two or three since, you know, forever ago now, mm-hmm. but has still not, you know, been in the top, you know, contention. I feel like, yeah. although Monet is kind of rising, it, it's not going anywhere, which is unfortunate because I really do love Monet, I, but I feel like she's one of those, you know, no vote getters at the end kind of thing.
0: Like, the last four weeks, she's been top three. Or, oh, yeah, like, she, she's been up there but just hasn't taken the, the prize.
1: And I don't know how that fares for her. And then someone like Miss Cracker, who's doing did well, really well in the beginning, but now is kind of on a decline almost, hasn't yeah, done well. Yeah,
0: that's it. Like, she, yeah, similar thing. Like, she sort of had, like, four weeks where she was in the top but didn't win. And then the last four weeks, she's either being safe or bottom three. So... That's
1: not the right direction. And for the lip sync, I have a lot of thoughts on it. So,
0: okay.
1: Um, I this is so this has been our sixth double stay in the whole se- okay. in the series of the show. Yeah. And I feel like there's two ways that it goes when it's a double stay. Like it's a it could go one way where it's like Alyssa and Tatiana, where it was like that was incredible. How can you not keep them both kind of thing? Yeah. And then it's a case of like this one where I feel like it's the person who won is the person that you would have sent home if they didn't do well. And I feel like the person that would have been sent home is the one you want to stay in the competition. Okay. Cause in my opinion, I think that Eureka looked just desperate to do things. And I feel like it wasn't, you know, it felt off putting yeah. what Eureka was doing for me and I didn't feel like it was relevant to the song, it wasn't relevant to the performance or anything, to the atmosphere. And it just seemed like, okay, this is Eureka at the club, but, like, this isn't the song that Eureka does. It just felt very out of place, and I felt like RuPaul just couldn't send Eureka home, especially yeah. to someone like Cameron Michaels, and so, as a result, it's a double stay.
0: Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean there. Um, yeah, I thought that Cameron definitely was, uh, like, sold the performance better um, and yeah, like when Cameron is the first one to be told that she's staying, I was like, okay, well this this could be it, this could be the end of Eureka you know, like it's her second time in the bottom two maybe her time is done uh, but I was I did also think that um, like I wouldn't expect Rue to send Eureka home so yeah, it kind of feels like Cameron turned it out, and then Rue was like, "Oh wait, but you were supposed to be eliminated this week." (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not Eureka. I can't do that. So both of you stay, and Cameron, we can send you home next week (laughs) when you when you lip sync again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I just felt like because we got this happened, you know, in season six when Ben de la Creme and Darian Lake had their double stay. Like I I thought of that because I felt like you know Darian Lake was the one that would have been sent home. It did really good. And, but we was like, I can't send Ben home. And this was felt like, yeah. I can't send Eureka home now. Like, the yeah. story's not done. And Eureka's like, the fan, people love Eureka, yada, yada, yada. You know, second chance. We haven't closed the story yet. So I, like, I just felt like it was a great lip sync. I loved it. It was the best of the season, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, not double stay worthy. And I'm always like, double stay, double stay every week. I'm like, I just want someone to drop in. I was like, of all the weeks, the one that I was like, no, Eureka can go.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I just wanted yeah, more well, from Eureka because, like, we saw that kick in episode one.
0: Totally, yeah. When, when she started doing that, I was like, oh, okay. Like, it's, just, it's kind of the generic moves that they do when it's just, like, show whatever you can do. Like, show your dancing ability. It's like, here's a kick and here's a split and here's a twirl.
1: I mean, the double split was pretty good, though, so I have to give credit for that.
0: Yeah, I love a double split. Um, But, you know, for Eureka, like, that was her second split in that performance. I would have been more impressed if, like, they both did, like, double split, and you haven't already been doing the splits. Although Eureka did do that, like, funny, (laughs) like, shimmering herself around whilst in the splits.
1: And also, the other thing that I had a problem with Eureka was that Eureka was like all over the place and like didn't seem to be performing to the judges. Yeah. Like, how many times do we not see Eureka looking at the judges? Like, several seconds of the song.
0: Yeah, it felt like she was more in her head the whole time.
1: How's your head? Oh, no, done.
0: <laughs> oh, crrr.
1: oh crrr. <laughs> right. so I mean. I mean, I'm not upset that they're both here, because I do actually like Eureka, but I was okay with Eureka going this episode.
0: Yeah. I (laughs) I mean, now with two strikes against her name, I think, you know, bottom two again, like Eureka would have to go. The same goes for Monet, who's been in the bottom twice, you know, although it's been a while since she was in the bottom three. So I feel like if you had those two in the bottom three together, Eureka leaves before Monet does based on, uh, like, recency bias.
1: But then, I feel like you got to count wins over, hot like, recent success. Like, Rika has yeah, two yeah, challenge true. wins back-to-back.
0: Yeah. So looking at, like, track record with the, uh, you know, like, point system of, you know, two points if you win, and one if you're in the top, negative one if you're in the bottom two. Uh, oh, no, if you're in the bottom three, and then negative two if you have to lip-sync. Everyone's doing pretty poorly, <laughs> to be honest. Um, Aquaria is uh, the front runner with four points. And then you have Eureka, Cameron, and Miss Cracker, who all are on two. is on one, and Asia is on zero. So it's kind of everyone's been really up and down throughout the season.
1: But it's so weird because, like, Asia, Aquaria, and Eureka all have two wins. Yeah. Versus someone like Ms. Cracker and Monet who don't even have a win. Yeah. (laughs) That's weird. I don't know. I feel like you should go based on wins versus like, like I feel like one win is better than like two highs. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I I mean, it's all up in the air. I feel like these last few challenges really matter in terms of how well you do. And, you know, if you're in the bottom, that doesn't bode well at this point. I feel like, you know, you're almost at a clean slate at this point.
0: Yeah, that's it. And you know, thinking of how All Stars three went, it was very much a case of like who, like who won. That was someone who pulled it out in the second half of the season.
1: I uh, granted, I'd say Final Six is a little late to start co- coming out, coming out and dominating. But
0: <laughs> yeah, but I guess for someone like Monet, who's been you know in the top now consistently the last four weeks, you know, she can win a challenge now. It's like okay, you're you're getting better and better. You know, you, the start was a bit shaky, but then you lifted your game, and now you are like the top of who is remaining in the in the season. So, you know, I don't think it's out of I don't think she's out of the game just yet.
1: Yeah, I don't discount anyone, which is weird because I feel like you know, I feel like you know the three. I feel like you're. I feel like is not going to eliminate Aquaria really at this point yet, especially not after, especially not lip syncing yet. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Asia's pretty safe, even though having been in the bottom last, last week, last, last week. Yeah. Like I feel like those two are probably the most safe right now out of anyone. And I feel like the other four should probably be concerned, but it's still, it's still tough to tell like, you know, we have a uh, classic staple challenge coming up next week, so it, it could go all up in the air.
0: Ooh, yeah. Do you have predictions for oh. who's gonna stand out with that one?
1: Who's gonna go or who's gonna do well?
0: Who's, uh, like, will both? Who's gonna who's gonna rise to the occasion and who will struggle?
1: I really feel like week? Cameron could do really well. I think so too. Just because, like, Cameron has experience drastically changing a body type. So I feel like, you know, if Cameron, like, gets someone who maybe has, like, a different body type, could manage really well in doing a good makeover and has experience with a lot of, you know, makeup techniques that may, some other people may not.
0: Yeah, and but then someone like Aquaria, who is a look queen, I think could struggle because oh, yeah. maybe she hasn't had experience, you know, transforming someone else. You know, she knows how to do her own face, but... Can she do that on another person? I I feel like she will struggle with it.
1: And I think Eureka could also struggle because, you know, having seen the, people, you know, the preview shows all the people, and they're not, no one's big, right. So Eureka only has experience with, you know, I mean, from what I know, obviously, I don't know all of Eureka's experience, but I would say that Eureka's <laughs> yeah. going to have a tough time, trying to, you know, make sure someone looks. Like you, even though you look nothing alike, and everything.
0: And family resemblance is always the thing they look for in these challenges. So it can often come down to that. And yeah, I wonder who, like, you know, with Miss Cracker, like, I sort of feel like, does she, has she really stood out with her aesthetic that the judges can see, like, that is quintessential Miss Cracker? And then can they see that on another person? Sure.
1: I don't know. I'm okay with Miss Cracker. I also worry for Monet, who's not been a look queen.
0: Actually, that's very true.
1: <laughs> Monet can barely dress herself.
0: <laughs> yeah, Monet is probably...
1: <laughs> They're going to come out in those tiny, tiny wigs next week.
0: Oh my god.
1: I worry for Monet's uh, makeover person.
0: Wow. Yep. Yeah, it could be. Could be Monet that goes next week. Monet
1: still, Eureka, bottom two.
0: I mean, that's that's tricky, isn't it? If the two of them are lip syncing. Yeah, I think.
1: Monet Aquaria? Monet Eureka Aquaria?
0: Oh, uh, yikes. I don't know. I think if Aquaria's in the bottom two, she leaves.
1: Aquaria?
0: No. Not Aquaria, sorry. Eureka. Oh. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, I would agree. I think out of all of them, like if she lands in the bottom two, she's gone. Because
1: um, yeah, that would be her third. By, yeah, that would yeah. be her third bottom two.
0: And then I think next at risk would be probably Cameron having back to back ones. Um, I feel like Monet will lip sync better than Cameron and could send her home, um, even though it'd be her third time in the bottom. But then Monet would be very close at risk.
1: It's all up in the air, because I could still see Monet being a lock for the final three, final four.
0: Who knows? Maybe no one else will be eliminated ever again. It's final six to the end.
1: Well, I do think... We brought this up earlier in the podcasting season, but you asked whether it was going to be the final four like it was for season nine. And I feel like it is. Just because... So last season there was 14, and there was a non-elimination... At the very end, that Final Four, there was a non-elimination for that. Yeah, true. So I'm feeling like this is a non-elimination of the season, and maybe it's going to be Final Four at the end. So we're at six now, two more episodes to get two people off. We're at the Final Four. And then we have a lip sync battle royale or whatever the hell they call it.
0: Yeah, and probably especially when you have uh, so many people that are still in it. You know, it's going to be hard to to call them, so easier just to, <laughs> to take more of them into the finale, and then make your hard decisions then.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's a lot to cover, a lot to go, but we still have so many people left, but not not a lot at the same time. It's tough. A lot of a lot's going on. I'm curious to see how the rest of the challenges go. Who does well? Because we've been surprised before. <laughs>
0: So from our preseason predictions, who had picked that no one was going home in this space? Oh, I think I did.
1: I think I got two points this week. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I said no one was going to go in fifth place, which was one next week. Mm -hmm. You said no one was going to go in 11th, which was very early. (laughs) And then Brian said no one was going to go in the final two. So I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna get the point for this week
0: <laughs>
1: and Colin said no one was gonna go at all so yeah. yeah so obviously I get it thanks for bringing that up I almost forgot <laughs> that would bit embarrassing of
0: course gotta to, got to keep it fair you
1: know.
0: gotta keep it honest up in here
1: so I feel like that's about it I've talked too much about this episode that no one left on
0: that's true yeah <laughs> Love to say on a on a non-elimination one yeah um What's your, your ranking of the episode?
1: Oh, we, yeah, good good <laughs> thing I know how to do this. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. come on, you know what I'm gonna say.
0: Are you been in this? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I Although the lip too, sync was yeah. great, Ugh, I gotta. Yeah, bin it.
0: yeah, I'm still gonna bin it. <laughs> just the majority of it, I was. It just felt awkward. So you can scrap this one. Pretend it never happened. I mean, no one went home anyway. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think that's what they were trying to do.
0: Yeah, in the D V D release, just just ignore this one.
1: <sighs> but I really wish that we got an elimination on a bad challenge. Like I wanna you know, where someone does everyone does really well for it to be a non elimination.
0: Totally. Yeah. Like Yeah, everyone was to stand out this week, so everyone stays. Yeah, like that's this really was fun. like a
1: bad all around, like, so I don't want anyone to stay after this. No one this deserves is, it.
0: Like you all did terribly. You can all go home.
1: Yeah, like, they should have double eliminated for how bad the challenge was.
0: <laughs> all right, the six of you are out. We're getting back the first six queens eliminated. Oh, my God, Vanjie. <laughs> There's a twist for you.
1: Who was not Name dropped this episode, FYI.
0: Oh, all oh, the first time. I wonder if it was just very subtly in there. Maybe during their rendition of Can I Get an Amen? Uh, With saying, I'm not going back
1: it? to figure it out.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rewatch it to find it.
1: Alright. We gotta get out of here. It's been too much. That's
0: it. it. We done.
1: But that'll be it for us. As always. I'm Rossi. And I too look like Paula Dean dressed as a witch. (laughs) And I'm Kyle.